This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. Um, Adam, who wrote the intro? Who wrote, who does number two work for? Welcome to the the Blurring the Lines podcast number episode 173. (laughs) (laughs) I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always is the guy who writes these show notes, Adam Bell. (laughs) (laughs) It's been that way for like a hundred episodes. I don't know. (laughs) I guess I don't look at that very much. I never never caught that this is podcast number episode. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) How are you doing, Adam? Oh, I'm doing well. It's Friday. <laughs> Everything's good. All right. All good. Yeah, it is Friday. And for a change, I am not doing a long run today. Yeah, I, I, mix, I was surprised. I mix it up because it's going to be a little cooler tomorrow morning. So I decided uh, to take two rest days in a row. Um, and I think I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Last week on Friday, I did run. Um, and I regretted it. <laughs> it was insanely hot. Mm-hmm. I was targeting like almost 23 miles and I bailed about halfway at mile 12. And uh, not because of a fall, but I was having some knee pain, which normally is manageable. And um, it was also just hot. And I think that the heat and the humidity just sapped my will to, you know, to do it. And I just, I called in the towel and I was frustrated. Uh, I drove home. And I told my coach, my running coach about it. And he informed me that even uh, Delta Force had su- suspended some training operations due to the heat. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. If, if Delta can take a day off because of the heat, I guess I can too. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was good to know. I felt, uh, I felt slightly, slightly better about that. And then the next uh, morning, uh, my running buddy Greg and I did do ten miles to make up the difference. So at least I got my weekly total total in, even if it wasn't one long run. So I felt a little bit better about that. But so what, uh, yeah, what time do you run? <laughs> so during these extreme heat days, I've been trying to get out earlier, like out on the trail by seven a.m. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially for these long runs when I'm going to be running for like four or five hours. Um, but normally, like. I would often be running after this podcast, you Mm -hmm. know, but that was back when it was like, Oh, it's just 12 miles today. You know, like, I just need a few hours, a couple hours for that. It's fine. Um, So now I have to get a little more strategic around picking the days. And, you know, one thing I I have this argument inside is like, well, does it really matter? Because what, what happens if I show up on race day and it's a hundred degrees, what am I going to do? You know, the odds of that right now, uh, you know, global warming. Yeah, it's happening, but I don't think we're going to get there by this September. Yeah. Um, You know, so I try to be a little more forgiving with my, my, you know, the the challenges that I set for myself. So, Mm -hmm. well, of course, I'm a I'm a morning person. Yeah. Oh, I I notice. I usually wake up and my Apple watch tells me all the stuff that you've done. And I'm like, (laughs) I haven't had my first cup of coffee yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because if I were running, 
I would be at the trailhead. I mean, I would be taking my first steps at 5 a.m. Oh, that God, would, you disgust me. That, that would be my goal so that, you know, by the time seven comes around, I'll have two hours of run in by then. Yeah, and sure. I mean, who wouldn't? Before the heat ever steps. <laughs> like, so there have been times when I have woken up and been like, well, I, I, I can't sleep, you know, having in, like just wake up early enough or I go to bed early. Um, the problem is normally with my sleep cycle, if I go to bed early, I tend to wake up around 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and stay awake for about a, an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And 2 a.m. is I don't know that that's the optimal time to get out of bed and go for a run. It's a little early. A little early. Yeah. Four, four, 4.30, right? If you're Jocko Willink or Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> sure. Right. Um, See, I, know. I, I like it, though. I've definitely I have woken up, you know, early at like five or so. And I'm like, well, I'm wide awake. I may as well just go now. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I do like it when that happens. But I don't like having to plan my day around that. <laughs> so. Well, and, you know, I don't get up like, oh, I just woke up. It's time to go. No, my alarm wakes me up but because I I go to exhaustion. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just my MO. I don't go to sleep. I mm-hmm. pass out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't sit there and things going through my head. I close my eyes and I, I'm gone. And I do that. I run like that intentionally mm-hmm. so that I will sleep hard. Yep. I just, if I go to bed early, it's because I'm exhausted. And I'm trying to get better about that. Um, I did, I slept a little bit better last night. I had a kind of a late night. I was out until almost midnight, uh, had a date that was kind of fun, went well. Um, and I came home, of course, uh, then I had like, Hey, date energy. So now I'm not sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't want to sleep. I'm like, damn it. Ah." (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I, I do find like if I, and I try not to do this as much anymore, but if, if I work a lot into the evening, then, you know, that'll knock me right out fortunately i haven't been having to do that as yeah, much nice. you know so uh yeah even with my new gigs that i'm i'm doing with the you know work starting to pile up i'm able to generally keep it during you know daylight hours um that said there's a claim you know to uh, 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 an argument to be made for using the daylight hours for fun things like running and you know using nighttime for for work if if that's what you know so anything like that Mm -hmm. um so yeah so there you go yeah i am concerned what i'll do when i get old like when i retire and don't have to like do a vocation during the day will i be able to sleep (laughs) you'll have to find some other occupation yeah (laughs) <laughs> like running a lavender farm, which is more physical. <laughs> yeah, that's going to keep you. That'll help your circadian rhythm. I believe that. Yeah. Will. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, there you go. Um, All right. Yeah. So, so, so what else has been going on? Um, you, you know, you mentioned, so as we know, you're a CrossFitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been part of that cult for, for a while now. Yeah. And, uh, as you observed, I have inadvertently tipped my toe, d- tipped my toe, <laughs> dipped a toe 
into CrossFit. <laughs> now, with very few exceptions, you and I have been putting in a minimum of 100 uh, push-ups per day. Uh, whether oh. it's part of a routine, it's been it, I think what's, three is years, it two years, two, two years. It two was, years. It, was yeah. it started during the pandemic because mm -hmm. I remember I was I remember the the gal I was seeing then I met during COVID, so it had to be you know 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started, I think it was around July. So it's been yeah about two years. So we've been mm -hmm. doing it and, you know, I've missed a day. I would make it up the next day. Right. Yeah, uh, I've missed days too. And yeah, but pretty consistent. But there were also, there was a long stretch when I was doing 200 a day. So on average, I have easily averaged a hundred pushups per day. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's cool. Um, and then, uh, so at the, uh, the studio, the yoga studio where I teach, they just get like a complimentary subscription to men's health magazine. <laughs> we have, you know, so they'll put out like on the shelf, there's like, you know, yoga journal, yoga magazine, yoga, this yoga, that, and in the trash, there's the copy of men's health. And <laughs> as the token male instructor, I feel like it's perfectly fine for me to take that. So I, I take it home. Chris Pratt was on the cover of this month's issue mm -hmm. and I looked through it and um, they talked about uh, the workout routine that he used to get in Navy SEAL shape mm -hmm. for the TV series that you mm -hmm. and I both watched and enjoyed on Amazon recently called The Terminal mm -hmm. List. <clears throat> and um, I think we can put that down as a recommendation because we both enjoyed that show. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, Chris Pratt, he's He's someone who can definitely alter his appearance and, you know, his, his physical button. I'm not, I'm not telling you like, you know, he's not like a shape changer, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, maybe not as extreme as say like Russell Crowe, you know, because like Russell Crowe, if you look at him in master and commander versus gladiator, that looks like two different people, you know? And if you see mm -hmm. him today, you know, I'm like, dude, Russ, what happened? Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, the workout routine that Chris Pratt claims he uh, follows is essentially the Murph CrossFit workout. Mm -hmm. uh, it starts with a one mile run, hundred, uh, wait, hundred, yeah, one mile run, a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups and 300 squats. Mm -hmm. And then another month, one mile run. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Well, I've been doing 100 push-ups, so let me do that. And they give you like different breakups, how you can do that. So I would do say five pull-ups, 10 push-ups and 15 squats and doing a set of 10 push-ups right now feels like a day off, you know, like, and especially <laughs> after pull-ups, it's like it primes the push-up muscles. So mm -hmm. they're even easier for me somehow. I'm not sure how that works. Um, but I don't have a pull-up bar. So, um, I, what I did is I looked online, how to like, you know, modify, how to make your own. And one option I took is, uh, I have two, uh, high back high, uh, like bar stools with backs on them. And so you set them up towards, like, I set them up towards the top of my yoga mat and I take one of my old, uh, I don't, they say you can use a broomstick. I happen to have a Joe staff, a short, um, staff from my aikido training days and i just set go. that on the on the the chairs and just do my you know modified pull-ups that way and it seems to work i mean it's i'm probably doing what you know like 80 percent of the work because my feet are still touching on the ground you know but mm -hmm. most of my body weight is concentrated in the upper body so okay fine mm -hmm. 
And um, yesterday, not running for the first time in a few days, uh, pretty much for the first time since I started this workout routine, if I recall correctly, maybe I started it when it was super hot. Um, today, I was able to do pretty much 10 pull-ups at a time, as opposed to just five where I'd been stopping. Uh, but I do notice like I'm getting right around the point of failure on that ninth one, you know, the ninth and 10th mm-hmm. one are, are hard. But I guess that's good, right? Because you want to push yourself right to to failure, and mm-hmm. you know that's when you're you know supposedly doing the work to to you know build up the muscle. So, so uh, yeah, so I took a dip in uh, in the CrossFit world over there, and so far it's all right. It's all right. Uh-huh. You know, it's pretty fundamental. So I'm no, I'm only doing uh, fifty pull ups, hundred push ups, hundred fifty squats so far. Mm-hmm. So we shall yeah. see. Well, yeah. I mean we. We we do Murph in Memorial Day. That's when we do it. And then a lot of people wear a vest. So they do wear, a, you know, the 20 pound vest while yes. they do it. And yes. I've never worn the vest while doing it because it's hard enough all by itself. Okay. Okay, good. I don't feel, I don't feel quite, just as with Delta Force taking a day off during the heat, I feel a little better about myself. I thought you were going to be like super shaming me right now. No, no. <laughs> No, and I usually I I usually partition it. So I usually do, um, if, depending on how I'm feeling, I either do five rounds or I do four rounds. So I'll run the mile, then split it up into five or four, yep. then run the mile. Got and it. my goal is to get that under 60 minutes. And this, I think I did it this year, 53 minutes, I think was what I did it, which was okay. a plus from, I mean, that was pretty good for me. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that when I do the sets with um, like 20 push-ups as opposed to 10, um, it goes a little more quickly than mm-hmm. when I break them up. I guess they're, you know, the pause, just the transition in between each exercise is enough to chew up, you know, a, a, a notable time, like, you know, 10, 15 seconds per, yeah. per set. So, um, you know, I've noticed that. So you may have seen, because uh, as far as I know, you still have an Apple watch. Uh, you may have noticed a, um, uh, a workout completed and that was, uh, the first three rounds. I still have one round to go to hit my hundred pushups for today. So, all right, but I'm enjoying it. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do pull-ups for the longest time, but I just don't have a door frame that I was willing to sacrifice for a pull-up bar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way. And I found this guy on YouTube who was like, here are five alternatives. And mm-hmm. I was looking at, it, I was like, that one, that one fits perfectly. And yeah. uh, I even, you know, can do it like while I'm watching a movie or something, because I set it up right, you know, in front of the TV, and then I'm doing my pushups and keeping the good form, keeping my, you know, eyes up while I'm watching mm-hmm. something like the Orville. The Orville. <laughs> the Orville. So, so have you? Before we ahead. jump to that real quick. Before so we jump, we, we will put a pin in that one. Put a pin in that one. So one thing that we do in the pull-ups, um, it's always overhand. It's okay. It's, it's never underhand. Ah, uh, okay. I've been unless, doing underhand. Yeah. Uh-oh. Unless it's a um a a specific workout for underhand, but tip Murph is overhand. And it's a butterfly pull-up. Um now butterfly, you'll have to look it up on YouTube. Okay. It's not so strict pull-up is hang from a bar, pull yourself up, up, right. down, up, down. Yep. And uh there's no kip in that. And when I say a kip, you know, where you're kind of moving your body yes. to help you. Yes. So a butterfly pull up 
is actually with a kip. So you're, you end up, your arms end up kind of doing this. Your got body it. is doing an in and out. So got it, got it. it's not like, you know, in gym class, down, up, down, up. So okay. the, the butterfly makes it go a lot faster. I was going to say that's cheating, isn't it? Well, <laughs> it would be cheating if that weren't the prescribed the exercise, right? Yeah. If that weren't the yeah. exercise, if you it were is. supposed to be doing strict and you were doing butterfly, that would be cheating. So, but for Murph, okay. you can do butterfly and you have to look that up and it's a, yeah. it's a much more efficient. And I mean, you'll go through 20 of those yeah. in 20 seconds. More efficient in terms of moving the body, but maybe not as efficient in developing muscle mass because you're, you're, you're using your core to move yourself around rather than just the biceps triceps kind of stuff yeah but it's it's whatever the point of the exercise is if exactly. you're yeah yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so if you're trying to get a whole body exercise in there the the butterfly encompasses like you like you mentioned core shoulders yep. and it doesn't tear up your shoulder because you're focused only on those muscles so okay. you're hitting That's, the shoulders okay so i have been doing underhand for starters. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did just experiment. Like I, I noticed, like, you know, I couldn't tell, like, I think I'm cheating here. Like my, my knees are bending and, you know, sometimes, and I was trying to keep like a plank, but what I did notice today was almost like I'm bridging up. If I like thrust the hips and chest mm -hmm. forward, that seems to make it even easier also. So it's, I'm sort of compensating in a similar manner to that butterfly pull up. So it's interesting. I've sort of I'm sort of falling into the same thing by accident. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll it's all about that. the the focus of your, of your exercise. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely noticed like, you know, even just after a couple of days, I could tell when I finished that exercise, like my muscles are definitely more jacked. Um, you know, and, and like I messaged you this morning, even if I do those sets of 10 pull-ups versus five mm -hmm. at the end, I can feel and see the difference, you know, yeah. it's like, it was, and five was not easy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but now 10 has gotten easier and the, you know, the, the aesthetics are visible. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah cool. it's definitely going to hit the bicep in a way that it wouldn't do it with the overhead or yeah. the overhand. Yep. Yeah. I'll have to think about that. I'll have to see what I'm doing there, how to modify that. So anyway, cool. All right. What else? All right. So you mentioned the Orville. I did mention the Orville. So uh, apparently season three has dropped and I don't even know if it's an entire season a la Netflix style or if it's episodic, you know, one at a time. Uh, it is on Hulu and um, I had heard of the Orville years ago when it first came out and I, lo I looked at it and I was like, that's a blatant ripoff of Star Trek, the next generation. I don't <laughs> want to watch that. What the, yeah. why would anyone? Oh, and it's a comedy. That's no, no, I don't want to watch that. No, not going to do it. And I resisted, you know, I saw like, okay, it's a couple, you know, a couple seasons in, okay, fine, whatever. Um, and then I heard a review of it and I had heard some people say like, it's better than Star Trek. And I was like, blasphemy. Like, you know, like, no, I'm not going to watch that. Of Star Trek. How can it be better? Exactly. And so I heard a review on a podcast and there were a couple of uh, folks that were talking and um, 
they uh one guy compared it you know again to star trek and they were talking about uh strange new worlds and star trek discovery and star trek picard and you know like all things that i want to watch but i'm just hearing such bad things about them and i've seen like the first season of picard was like it was just okay and the second season is apparently way worse and i watched a two or three seasons of discovery and i never really liked any of it and you know supposedly strange new worlds is better but i'm like eh and then i heard once again someone said that the orville is a better star trek than star trek i'm like okay i'll (laughs) give it a shot because there it is it's on hulu i have disney plus through my verizon you know wireless plan fine i'll watch it and like right off the bat the humor is they're more human right? They're more mm-hmm. realistic. Star Trek is always very cookie cutter, very suppressed, you know, very, very, uh, very formal and very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the people on the Orville interact more like people do, uh-huh. right? And so they have real conversations and, and you know, like some guys are white, wise asses and, and it's hilarious, but they stick to all the Star Trek tropes you can see like okay this is the data character this is the wharf character you know and and it's good the dialogue is good the special effects are just as good as any star trek the plots are all you know if you know star trek if you really know it um you can see what you know like oh this is the episode where they go down to a you know a planet that evolved just like earth did only with minor differences and you're like (laughs) oh this is the one where the holodeck malfunctions you know like all the the classic tropes this is where Uh, ensign ricky dies (laughs) yeah well but but it's good so and what i did not you know did not know and i didn't even couldn't even put a face to it um but seth mcfarlane is the the creator and the executive producer he's also he stars as the main character as captain mercer Mm -hmm. and it's just like every episode there has not been a single bad episode and i am almost done with season two nice and I just like, you know, the, the cameo, uh, celebrity cameos, just like in like the, the old, um, you know, the original series where they would mm-hmm. have like, you know, f- famous people do, a, you know, a guest shot, even if it's, if it's just for a little blip or for the entire episode. And like, I just can't wait to watch another episode. It's, it's so much fun. So uh, high, high praise for the Orville. I've been telling all my friends, anyone you know, it's like, if you like Star Trek, you've got to see the Orville. It's so good. Um, it's, yeah. it's really is. It's like, it's Star Trek done right. I was watching the, uh, the trailer right before you joined uh, the meeting and the, he was, he's giving a speech and he says, and may the force be with you. <laughs> so... <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's funny. It's like, they've changed minor little things. Like, again, if you didn't know better, if you were like new to Star Trek mm-hmm. and you started watching it, you would think you're watching Star Trek, right? <laughs> if you if you know enough about Star Trek to distinguish Star Trek from Star Wars, yep. and that's about all you know, and uh-huh. you start watching the Orville, you will think you are watching Star Trek, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like, wait, what's the union? Oh, that's the Federation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't have warp drive. They have quantum drive. Uh huh. Um, one difference, one thing that I think is interesting that's different is the union does not have transporters, but they do have cloaking devices. Ah, so the so they the swapped s- it. Slight difference, right? <laughs> so they have a cloak. 
Um, they, uh, the big bad, you know, the Klingons are known as the Krill. Uh, and they're a warlike, you know, warlike race. There's an android on the ship, uh, except he's a member of an alien race as opposed to, you know, a human constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they do a lot of things. They also dive like where where Star Trek would sort of go um, and like make metaphors for some social issues. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the old series, they would talk, you know, like they would dive right in like uh, i forget the name of the episode but there was one where frank gershon uh guest starred he used to play the the riddler on the adam west uh tv mm-hmm. show batman um where he played two characters two parts on a warring planet or two planets that were at war one the uh population all of their 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 faces their their whole bodies were bisected in color one of them was half black and half white mm-hmm. the other race was half white and half black so therefore they must kill each other. Right. And <laughs> yeah. of course, you know, Shatner finally, you know, gets the two, the two Frank Gershons to sit down with each other. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so spoiler alert for a 55 year old TV show, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, gets them to talk it out and, you know, of course, Kumbaya, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they, 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 they skirt a little closer to the edge, you know, on, on some on issues like the next generation sort of, was like a little bit more abstracted in their metaphors and mm-hmm. the Orville dives in a little closer. Okay. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I've, obviously high praise, you know, I'm like five stars every episode. Like, this is great. This is great. This is great. So nice. definitely, definitely, definitely recommend it. And it's on Hulu. Yep. So I've added it to my list. Yep. The only thing I don't like about it is I don't pay for Hulu plus, right. I have just plain old, you know, Hulu, Um, so i have to watch ads which is an experience i have not had to endure for many years (laughs) so generally when an ad comes on i just mute it and get up and make a cup of coffee or something and then come back two minutes later so yeah there you go all right right, enough about television unless you want to talk about something else on tv (laughs) enough about the orville yeah enough about the orville uh let's see so we had some a word fails this week we did (laughs) (laughs) yeah so mine is not as um one thing i've noticed is that my different echo hardware devices are capable of processing different commands and some of them don't know what some commands are now i know i don't remember what it was but when i had a little fire um tablet Mm -hmm. a little kindle fire tablet um i would tell it to do some things and it was like sorry i I can't do that right now or i I don't understand and i figured Mm -hmm. like okay this thing's ancient it's garbage but i've noticed that there are commands that i can give to my echo show that my third generation echo dots do not understand Mm-hmm. But my fourth generation one does, and my Fire TV uh, Cube does. Yeah. But one example I tried to show you right as we were getting started is like um, uh, a couple of days ago, I told, hey, A word, play It's Hot by James. And so the song's name is It's Hot. The band's name is James. It's in my Apple Music, which is my default music source. And it says, Playing 115 by Treyarch Sound, Brian Tui, and James so-and-so from the Call of Duty soundtrack. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, A word, stop. A word, <laughs> what did you just hear? I heard play It's Hot by James. Oh, so you can ask, what did she hear? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can also go in the app and see what it what it what it did too. You have to do it immediately because it only tells you the one, the last, you know, the last thing it heard. Okay. Um, but uh, I did that. I'm like, so I say it again, playing 115 by Treyarch Sound, Brian Tui, and I'm like, a word stop. <laughs> I open up the thing. Sure enough, there is the song that I want to play. I tell it to play, and boom, I play it and I hear my music. Today I come up to my fourth gen echo dot, which is up here in my studio. And I tell it, like, listen to this, play It's Hot by James, playing It's Hot by James. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Somebody's messing with you. Someone is messing. <laughs> A word is messing with me. So. That was so, my fail. How about you? So mine, what you had sent me a message and it looked like it got stuck in the ether because it was like from the 17th and then I got it this week. You were like, hey, let me know if you received this. And I didn't, I didn't ignore it. Uh, it, was, it just didn't show up until this week. Better I, than never, I guess. Yeah. I said, play message. And then I replied, you know, a word, send message to Peter Nicolaitis. Do you want to message Peter? I've got three Peters in my Peter so-and-so, Peter so-and-so. I said, no. no. <laughs> well, I said, Peter. And I, and I was like, okay, let me imitate the way that she's saying it. Yep. Nicolaitis. So I said, no, send it to Peter Nicolaitis. And who, uh, un, unknown person, do you want to send it to Peter so and so, Peter so and so, or Peter? So no. Peter Nicolaitis. <laughs> I'm trying to say AI, you know, <laughs> some, some way a robot might say it wrong. And she wouldn't take it any way I would send us. Fine. I'm changing Peter's name. He is now Peter the Greek. <laughs> or if you feel like a warrior clan, I'll call you Peter the Great. <laughs> uh, well, that was the Russians. I've, you know, Peter yeah. the Greek is, is better as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but I thought, uh, I was like, well, he might want to be the German. I mean, he could be either one. <laughs> I depends on the day. Um, I have reestablished my German nationality. I have not successfully reestablished my Greek nationality. So on paper. Okay. On paper. <laughs> On paper, I am not Greek. So. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's funny. For you, my A word has multiple contacts, and I cannot, for the life of me, get rid of the one with your work phone number. Yeah. And so it always asks me, which Adam Bell? The one with phone number ending blah, 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 or blah, 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 blah. And I can never remember which it is, <laughs> you know? It's like, and I don't want to pull out my phone to look at your address card to see which one is the right one. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, this one. And I was like, sorry, can't use that one. I'm like, why did you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to pick, pick another name for one of those contacts for me. <laughs> yeah so how can i can i so i can use the a word app to to rename somebody no 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 i had oh. to go into my contacts you were if i send you an email it's yep. going to go to peter the greek <laughs> okay but so that's your contacts on your phone that's sinking in or which contact yeah yeah my okay. contacts on my phone sinking in got it got it got it got it okay well i'm just going to take another look because i have an adam bell now here's the thing in my contacts i have a phone for you and a mobile number for you. And they are the same. Nah. But a word still has your office phone number. Okay. And refuses to change that. 
And hmm. I think this is one of those things that Amazon does not actually have a facility for changing along with the stocks that are on your watch list. Mm -hmm. You can add stocks to your watch list. Mm -hmm. You cannot remove them. Huh. <laughs> so I'm no longer interested in watching Tesla stock, <laughs> yeah. but I do. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> I'm like, if I want to find out anything about any stocks, Tesla's going to be on there. I'm like, ah, why? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, those are my A word fails there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Big first world problems. I know. <laughs> whips, man. We've got whips. Whips. Well, there is a manage contacts. I could block contacts. I wonder if I, yeah, of course, if I, if I block you, it's gonna like, oh, wow. I blocked an ex-girlfriend from some time ago. I guess I just, I didn't want to see her like, you know, like take the chance that I would accidentally call her. <laughs> oh man so i'm looking here i'm scrolling down for adam bell and of course there are th four i have four adam bells as far as a word is concerned ironically i have four of myself in my own contact list now here's the no, thing I have five. no four just four i could block any one of you but i don't know which one i'd be blocking because mm -hmm. it doesn't show me any information about you other than your name how am I supposed to know? Uh, I, I know I could go through a process to troubleshoot this, but I shouldn't have to. I really shouldn't. So. Oh, brother. <coughs> All right. First world problems. What else we got? Okay. Back to the show notes here. So I have some uh, questions for the security man. You're a professional security man. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Let's let's pretend I was a client and now nah, we'll just pretend like we're two IT guys talking. Okay. We'll pretend that. Okay. So I don't <laughs> have to mansplain to you. You don't have to mansplain to me. Got it. <laughs> okay. So one thing that I have shied away from and uh because I haven't talked to somebody that I could really pick their brain on is yep. virtual firewalls. Okay. Uh, as well as uh, you worked at Mindcast. You guys did virtual filtering mm -hmm. for your, you know, for clients. I mm -hmm. mean, for email, I can wrap my head around that because mm -hmm. we create an MX record and it forces the email, any email to that domain is going to go where we say the MX record is. Yes. So to me, that, that makes sense because yes. the traffic's there. So a virtual firewall, I have a hard time wrapping my head around because I've got a router on the edge Yep. with a public IP. Yep. Now I create a rule to, to route all traffic to this IP that is my virtual firewall yep and i say don't do anything with your traffic except send it to that virtual firewall yep uh don't receive any traffic except from that virtual firewall yep drop or reject everything else yep. drop or reject everything else the thing that i don't understand is we don't set up in firewalls we don't set up access lists by ips 
because IPs can be spoofed. And what I mean by that is I say, from a security standpoint, I don't allow RDP from your public IP address yep. to my RDP server yep. because I've been told by security guys, well, that IP could be spoofed. Mm, yes, but. Yes, but. Okay, let's, uh, let's hear about this. Okay, so for certain types of traffic, yes, you can spoof your IP address, but the trouble happens in most of the internet communications happen over a protocol in one way or another known as TCP. Mm -hmm. And that is a connection based protocol. So it is going to have what's called it's all TCP packets have what's called a three way handshake. Mm -hmm. And it starts off with one called sin and that's a synchronized packet. Mm -hmm. So if we were starting to handshake, I would send you a sin right? S-Y-N. S-Y-N. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be sinning with you. So I'm sending you some beers, some cigarettes, <laughs> maybe some women. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> yes. So I send you a sin. You send me back to the same address that I sent it from a sin act. Mm -hmm. So you acknowledge, acknowledge my yeah. synchronization, right? Mm -hmm. I then send you back an act, an acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Well, since RDP goes over TCP, right? So RDP is up here on the stack. TCP is lower riding on top. It, you know, RDP is riding on TCP. Mm -hmm. um, that three-way handshake is pretty difficult to spoof because I am sending that back to the IP address that it purported to come from. Mm -hmm. So if a, an attacker says, I'm Adam Bell and I'm over here at Adam Bell's phone number. Give me a call back. Mm -hmm. And I call back Adam Bell's phone number. Mm -hmm. Your phone is going to ring, not mm -hmm. the attackers. Right. Right. Now this is different from like scammers who say, call me back. I am bank of America and I am at eight, seven, seven evil bad guy.com. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not the same. Right. Yeah. So if you're trying to actually, spoof that it's pretty hard to do that unless you've like taken over their routing tables or something right mm -hmm. so that's one reason um that that's not as much of a concern mm -hmm. the other thing what i would do is if i was using a virtual firewall like that i would not just direct your router to send all traffic to and from it i would establish a vpn connection to that virtual firewall mm -hmm. and then just tell it drop everything else that comes its way yeah and see i think that that's I think that that, cause I sent, what I sent you is a setup guide for Cisco Meraki. And when they're talking about that, vir that virtual machine, they're talking about the VPN throughput, which I believe is exactly what you just said mm -hmm. is they want you to establish a VPN connection to that virtual machine. So yeah. there is no opportunity for spoofing. Right. So and that's, that's the best practice for sure. So how, how do you, you described how difficult it would be to spoof it. Yep. So is it possible? You can spoof connectionless protocols. Mm -hmm. So you can, uh, so for example, um, DNS lookups are normally done by UDP, which mm -hmm. is a stateless connectionless protocol. Okay. And there is no handshake. Okay. Um, ICMP is similar, right? Mm -hmm. So I could say, for example, and, and this is like how you see certain amplification attacks where you will send a, an attack out to say a hundred different addresses and claim, you know, like I am this jerk over here whom I hate, I am his IP address. Mm -hmm. 
right? So let's pretend and don't try this at home, but I'm going to, you know, like he's over at 1.1.1.1. That's actually Cloudflare's DNS resolvers, right? Mm-hmm. So if you try, if you can take down t- to Cloudflare with this example, more, more power to you. So I'll <laughs> use them as an example since they are in the business of mitigating attacks like this. Mm-hmm. So I send you a packet and I say, hey, Adam, how's it going? I'm at 1.1.1.1. Mm-hmm. 1.1.1.1. Yeah. Yep. Right. And you say, hey, 1.1.1.1, I'm fine. Right. Now, out mm-hmm. of the blue, 1.1.1.1 gets a message from you saying, hey, I'm fine. It's like, who the heck are you? Go away. Yeah. I, I didn't ask you. Right. You know, because you're sending a sin act, mm-hmm. but they never sent you a sin. Uh huh. Right. I send you a sin purporting to be from them. You send the sin act back to them, and they're like, uh, no, go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where this can be weaponized is I send a hundred thousand, hundred million of these to different IPs all over the internet. And now suddenly a hundred million people are saying, how do one dot one dot one dot one? How are you? And one dot one dot one is just like trash. Okay. Right. So that's a a kind of an amplification attack that can be spoofed. But mm-hmm. you're not spoofing it to get access. You're spoofing it with the intention of, you know, causing mayhem on the other end. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. It still seems like, I mean, I don't do it because it's one of those things. There's lots of things I do in life that I follow the rules, whether I completely understand them or not. You know, best practice. You shouldn't jump out of a car at was, 70 miles an hour. You I was, I was going to say, I was going to say stopping at stop signs, you know, yeah, even if there's yeah. no other cars coming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have to be proven uh, wrong to, to follow a rule, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I don't do, I don't allow any open ports even by IP anymore. Now, honestly, I did yep. before I was told, Hey, don't do that anymore. Yep. <laughs> you know, and and that's something that bothers me that by default the um you know Amazon um AWS security rules are all IP address based. <laughs> and you know, you can't just shove host names in there as far as I know without third-party products. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why can't I give them my home um DNS name? You know, my dynamic, because I have a dynamic DNS name tied to my router. It moves around yeah. when my IP address changes. Why can't I tell Amazon, let traffic in, you know, let 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 HTTPS traffic in from this host name? Nope, I got to do it with the IP address. And once that IP address changes, I'm locked out. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, got to well, change why? the rule again. <laughs> got to change the rule again. Boy, that's efficient. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm really legitimately surprised that they don't have, you know, name lookups as part of their, you know, that layer, but I guess they probably, you know, have other workarounds to support. Oh, if you want that functionality, use this service. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, cool. Well, it's still, I cannot, I mean, would you feel comfortable doing a virtual firewall? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it, I, I would be as comfortable as I would with a VPN, you know, for for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only hesitation and the only reason that I didn't do that with all with a number of my clients back in the day was I just did not know how to predict the bandwidth charges that we would rack up. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I know that's a that's a silly reason, and I know there would be a way around this to determine it and stuff. I just never did it. So. Uh, you know, that would be my only concern. And it's 
easily addressable if you take the time to to, to look into it. You know, yeah, I just never did. But I would absolutely route everything. It's it's no different than like um, when I want a VPN because VPN service providers are notoriously unreliable. Um, I spin up my own box in AWS mm-hmm. and I establish a VPN connection to that and I route all my traffic out through that box. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really no different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, I use Cisco Meraki. I know you use Sophos. Um, mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I use, I prefer the old school Sophos UTM yeah. designed and made in Germany and rock solid. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Can't get those anymore. <laughs> you still can. You still can. Okay. They have okay. an end of life them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a truckload of them. Just, I keep buying them on eBay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, they're still no. selling them. They're still selling the SG line. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like Cisco Meraki from it. It checks a lot of boxes for me as an MSP. I have one pane of glass that I can see all my clients and then I can add my team, my technology team support staff to it. They now have access to all the firewalls of our clients, and it's the same for all of our clients. Now you can do the same thing with Sophos. I don't have any problem. I I don't have any problem with Sophos. It's just yeah. not my. I, it's a vanilla versus chocolate kind of thing. This is the one that I like best, and yep. it checks all my boxes. Uh, but getting a Meraki appliance right now <laughs> is very difficult. <laughs> Cisco is really hurting from supply chain issues. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, and I've got a Cisco, I mean, I'm a Cisco reseller yeah. uh, and I've got my Cisco rep. It's like, well, what can we do for you? I'm like, you can get me product. No, uh, no, I can't. No, I can't. I'm like, then you can't do anything for me. What are you getting paid to do right now? I mean, <laughs> why do you exist? Cause you're not bringing in, you know, you can't provide me value if you can't provide me a product. Now that's why I ended up. This is why I'm entertaining virtual, because I could spin up a a uh, Azure instance and put the license on it, and I've got a virtual firewall right now. Mm-hmm. I also was considering doing a virtual machine of my own on site with like a Nook, but that just won't work um, mm-hmm. if the power goes out long enough for the ups to go off yep. and my power goes off the firewall will not come back <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and and while it's down you're down so yeah my client's down so at least this way uh with a, a virtual now i may have to reboot the virtual machine if i mean virtual machines do lock up and i may have to recycle it but i could do that from remote yep. i can't do that from remote at a client's office if the virtual machine is inaccessible to me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, normally I would say, well, that's why you go to the cloud, but um, you may have heard that um, over the last couple of days, Amazon AWS had record outages oh. and they were sort of like rolling through multiple data centers and stuff. It was, it was pretty interesting. Mm. Uh, but like Slack was affected. Zoom was affected. WebEx was affected. Core uh, EC2 services for some of my clients were affected. And it was, it was interesting to say the least. And this is why there are a number of, you know, bigger, um, bigger uh, 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 firms that are, you know, their, their DR and their business continuity plan calls for them to have 
multiple cloud tenants so mm-hmm. that their stuff is not just in AWS, but it's in AWS and Azure. Oh, yeah. You know, so you're not just moving your AWS to like the East region and the Central region and the West Coast region. You're going to a completely different providers and stuff too. So, and that would be an interesting project. Uh huh. That's that's extreme. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> All right, and then one other tech thing. This is a tech tip thing that you may or may not have known. I did not know this. So, if you are an Office 365 super admin and you install Microsoft Office 365 if you have a license. So if you have a license for Office and you're the super admin yep. and then you go onto a computer, install Microsoft Office, you have now generated a persistent cookie that will never be deleted with your session information as the super admin. Oh, <laughs> Peter ran away. I don't know what he's doing right now. If he's uh, maybe uninstalling Office or if he's changing his password or. <laughs> no, I was closing the door because the uh, the, the uh, groundskeepers just arrived and fired up all of their. I didn't think about that. The yeah. Suppression system was going to be up for that. It, it, it was funny, though. I tell you a security tip and you run away. Run away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> but. It, so it, I did not know this until I was going through a security audit um, and they, they found the cookie on one of my computers and okay. my, my account, which I don't even log in as that account, but my account has an office license associated it as it, it's the global admin. I installed it on my computer and didn't do anything with it. There's no email or anything. I don't do email through Office 365, but that persistent cookie was there so that it could be exploited with my information. Um, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So the fix on that is to never have a license associated with your global admin account. Right. So yes. if you're, if you're going to do an installer, you know, because... I did. Um, the reason I did that is I wanted to be able to install Office on my tech computers without having to log in as the users because I didn't want to set up their MFA. I've got my yeah. own MFA. Right. Um, and yep. that's why I was doing that. <laughs> I could see why you would want to do that. So, mm-hmm. okay. Interesting. Good to know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. essentially, as with most things, don't actually use your admin account for anything. <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah because it would have been it would have been fine if i had a global admin account that had no license and i logged in with my adam account which was not a global admin i could have installed the password i just was combining it all in one because yep. i don't stay logged in as that user account so i felt like the risk was nothing because i don't use that account yep <laughs> yep wrong but you do. Uh-huh. Interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good to know. Yeah. I, I pretty much the only thing I ever use the global admin account for is assigning licenses and making new users. So, yeah. 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 All right. So. Cool. What else we got? All right. We have uh, your code there. We've got, <laughs> it, it may be nifty. I mean, we. I, I don't know. It may be nifty <laughs> and it may be scary as blank. 
<laughs> but Amazon Astro, the household robot for home monitoring with a word, includes a six month free trial of the Ring Protect Pro. Um, yeah, Bezos and company have a little mobile robot named Astro that can run around your uh, house and surveil everything. <laughs> Huh. So generate a 3D map for you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind of intrigued with it. Unlock more peace of mind with the Ring Protect Pro because I've got I've got Google Fiber now or not Google Fiber. I've got uh, one gig gig yeah. <laughs> gigabit fiber at the farm now. I could have this little robot roaming around my farmhouse is it well yeah indoors anyway right yeah mm -hmm. indoors yeah i mean you know like i look at it and like yeah it looks kind of cool but it uh a camera and a microphone running around from amazon well, I, <laughs> uh, it says keep home closer Month. yeah i mean okay if I was doing the thing where I split my time back and forth between, you know, different, uh, like different states again, I could see, you know, like wanting to keep an eye on the house. I guess that that is kind of cool. Oh, it has a Furbo dog camera that tosses treats to your pet adapter required. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and apparently they're not the only ones. There are, if you scroll down to customers who viewed this also viewed, there are a number of other home robot scout devices that are very similar one of them which looks like a bulldozer uh, <laughs> you know what i'd like is i'd like a roomba that did that i want you to vacuum my floor and <laughs> be a surveillance so i believe they have that i'm not 100 percent <laughs> sure but i think they do have that um and i don't know like i had been thinking about getting a roomba again i had one of the first and the second generation ones and they mm -hmm. were just useless supposedly they're smarter now and you you know they can do all kinds of things that they couldn't do back in the day but mm -hmm. um but that's one of the other things that i'm considering doing in the near future is i have a contractor coming over in about an hour after this call and he's going to start working up a quote to remodeling my kitchen mm -hmm. so i got the price quote yesterday just for the materials and the cabinets yeah and the that alone was about what a contractor friend of mine told me the whole project might cost. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, oh. uh, he, he was also recommending you or you be the project manager. Be the GC. Of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he's, he, I'm not saying he's wrong, uh, but I would rather have some other GC doing it because it's some, some other throat to choke. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've got, I've got good employees. Yep. I've got good team members. Yep. And I don't really consider my, I, I don't like the term employee. You work for me. No, we work together. <laughs> I've got a good team. Yep. But it's frustrating as heck just managing a good team. <laughs> yeah. Just find somebody who sucks and it really <laughs> that's like being a landlord you know, it's yeah. frustrating owning property when you have good tenants but when you have pain in the ass tenants 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, doggy. <laughs> uh, boy, yeah. So come to work from me. I will send you uh, another link to add to the show notes. <laughs> Just a moment. Uh, we will add in. So my favorite, um, there are there are very few. Um, I, I subscribe now to maybe a dozen uh, channels on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And um, but there are very few that I support other than, you know, that they they get paid for, you know, me just watching, you know, their stuff right through ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one one exception to that, though, is Ryan George. And uh, he's the guy who does the pitch meeting series, which I am yeah. a huge fan of. Uh, and I, I watched some of his other stuff after I found pitch meeting and I was like, eh, it's not as good. Um, I've been watching it again since, and it's gotten either it's just growing on me or he's getting better. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, today I just, you know, watched one came out this week, the first guy to ever uh, work in an office. And it's, you know, it's a little bit of social commentary on what it's like working in, you know, office culture and working for a corporation, Mm -hmm. but it goes along with what you were just talking about, you know, working for me. So it's worth yeah. a watch. It's only a few minutes long. So. <laughs> I work with you. Yeah. No, no you work, you work for, for me. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, should we take us out? Yes. Let's we're good. take us out. Yeah. We've had a good day here. If you have any feedback, oh, we, we get lots of spam feedback. We, yeah. Uh, I, uh, i cleared all those as spam but we don't want your spam feedback we want your good feedback and good feedback is uh telling us if you'd like to discuss a particular topic if you'd like us to discuss a little bit further into this topic or that topic that we've already talked about uh peter and i are also flirting with maybe doing a security webinar and uh we would we would need hundreds of users to do that webinar so you can (laughs) drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can find out more about Peter and me at, well, you can find Peter at paradigmcc.com, yogawithpeter.com, friendswithbeer.com, and at Nicolaitis on Twitter. And you can find me at sublimecomp.com, rrlavenderfarm.com, which there's no contact, but you can. Uh, there's, there's a truck. There's a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at Twitter at sublimecomp.com. And with that, on that note, we should push the big red button. Big red button, wherever it is. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. 